Well, hello there, friends. Welcome to the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, you are in for a treat because we have a live guest. Hey, hey. We have Delegate Nick Charles, the second, that is, right? The second. There's correct. there's another one. There's three of us, actually. There's three? Yeah, wow. Yeah, there's three of Three us. of you all. That is amazing. So we have the second of the three here with us today. And he is a delegate from the state of Maryland. And we are going to talk to him about how he got elected, his election that's coming up, and how he got started in politics. But first, shout out to Jans, a rosé that's amazing, sparkling rosé, toast to all of them who are doing great things there. Uh, Would love for you to take a sip, let us know your thoughts, good, bad, and indifferent. Well, cheers. Cheers. Get this thing started. It's actually pretty good. It's a sparkling rosé, you know? You can't go wrong with it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Good okay. stuff. Rosé for the rosé out. Right! Rosé all day, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nick Charles the second, the second in the between the three. Right, right. How did you get involved in politics? Man, you know, I just had this conversation with somebody earlier today. They were okay. asking me, how did you get in, in, into politics? And a lot of it started for me... Uh, I grew up in Prince George's County, grew up in Suitland, then we moved to Forestville, and then uh, I went to Largo High School. Difference between the two communities in Forestville and Largo, especially back in the, the ninth, late 90s, 2000 era, you know, Largo was known as one of those premier communities, still is. Okay. And uh, Forestville, you know, our community wasn't looked at the same way, but for me, coming from an apartment complex, moving into a townhouse, a home, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just felt like we had moved on up like the Jeffersons. Right. And I knew we were doing our thing, right? And so for me, that was, I'm like, nothing's wrong. Everything looks good. Everything is, is perfect. In high school, I started to notice, you know, like some of our friends, I had friends whose fathers and mothers had movie theaters in their houses. Wow. You know, and so completely different from what we had in our, in our neighborhoods and in our houses in the community. But I never looked down on us. I didn't think we came from from uh, from beginnings that that couldn't measure up. So for me, I said, okay, we're, we're good. But it wasn't until I went into the military and I saw how Florida was being taken care of. And I'm talking about a backwoods portion of Florida. I was down in Fort Walton Beach oh, okay. at uh, Eglin Air Force Base. And their roads were getting clean. There, oh. It was different things that were taking place. So when I would come home TDY, I would be driving around going to visit friends and I would see the roads in Forestville not looking uh, up to par in comparison to the roads in Largo. And so between the two, I said, okay, something got to give. Why aren't we getting the same services? But growing up, I never looked at any of that. Because well, you didn't saw, know. Yeah, I never looked at it like, well, this road's here, the grass isn't, is being maintained on one side of the road versus the other. The grass was actually greener yeah. somewhere else. Come on now. Whoa! Hey, listen. hey, listen, I was looking at this and wasn't really thinking about that, but it wasn't, like I said, until I got home from the military, coming to TDY, uh, I'm like, come on, man, something has to give with this. And uh, from that moment on, you know, I always paid attention. And so when I actually uh, got out of the military and left active duty, I ended up buying a house in the neighborhood I grew up in. And so bought the home in the neighborhood I grew up in, literally seven houses down from my mom's house. Wow. Yeah, seven houses down from my mom's house. So you can go get a meal Come from on, your man. Mom. I was getting a meal. 
you know when you, you know laundry. You know back when Martin had uh, and, and and the movie came borrow some brown sugar. Hey, listen, <laughs> hey, listen. I was literally knocking on my mama's door, getting whatever I needed, man. I listen, never. You were like, I need some paper towels, toilet paper, some hey. tie. You were like, hey, mama, let's. Hey, but you know that right there, that that entire process is a beautiful thing because it's the true essence of community, right? Right. Going back into the neighborhood you grew up in. All of the people that watched me grow up as a kid, you know, they're now, I'm a homeowner just like them in the same community. And so from that, you know, I end up uh, going to school at UDC, uh, University of District of Columbia. Well, I must say, for those out there, because yeah. like Nicole J. John, or R. Johnson, not my cousin, although we, we may have some cousins, I don't know. She's in London, uh, and I'm a West Coast person too, and she went to FAMU. So she's like, what is UDC? Yeah, U yeah University so of District of Columbia. For those that may not know. <laughs> yeah, Firebird Nation. Firebird okay, Nation. Okay, okay. Shout out to Bernard Grayson, uh, National Alumni Society pew, president, pew, pew, and also. Pew, pew, pew. Okay. You know, uh, he's doing some phenomenal things. That's for, my brother, right? Yeah, yeah, he's doing some phenomenal things for the university and for the alumni society. He actually, you know, I look at the U as a whole. We call it the U because of Bernard. You know, you know, it has its own little swag, and, and that's because of the marketing and the branding. Well, we're actually going to talk to Bernard next week, so yeah. we're excited about that. So, so. be on the lookout for him. He's going to yes. have a lot to say about, about the U. Yes, okay. So that. you went to UDC, yep. University of District of Columbia, which is an HBCU as HBCU, well. HBCU, yes. So you also are a military... Uh, veteran as well. Yes, yes indeed. Yes, and indeed. so all and, of this. And then I and then I joined Omega Psi Phi fraternity. I played there at the University of Omicron Gamma chapter, and became a chapter president. Uh, for us, we call it the boss list. And then uh, I ended up getting my my very first election, real election. Wow. Uh, when I was uh, in the chapter, I became the second vice district representative for uh, all of the district, the third district, which is. Uh, DC and Virginia so wow. all of the chapters and so that was my very first real election and that taught me how to to work with others and, and, and build alliances and all of these things so transferable skill set right bringing that back when I end up buying a house in the neighborhood I grew up in after I did that I uh, end up getting on the board okay. in the community so our, our uh, civic association I started there I started off as the treasurer I had been studying contracts at the time, and so learning the nuances of contracts and why our fees were so high, one of the first things I did was I, I literally gutted all of the contracts we had and, and cut the fees for the community oh, good. almost in half by going through every single contract we had. Well, that's good because a lot of people don't understand about contracts and, you know... Mm, yeah. Contracts are not, not easy to understand. So, and I'm a lawyer, and I'm like, keep those away from me. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to read them at all. At all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, yeah. you you are proficient at contracts as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because so we're gonna we're gonna come back to that later. Okay. That's yeah. why I'm like doing these little needle points, like okay, because uh, they're they're very telling to your career. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So you know, learning all of those, you know, the the issues within the community, they end up electing me president for six straight years. Wow. Of, uh, of the uh, civic association. And you so, don't mind me asking, how old were you at this point? about 24 20, wow. 24 years old uh homeowner uh, i was a homeowner by the time i was 23 and so uh you know it was uh an amazing amazing time and uh, I, I took that opportunity to 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 learn more and then i ended up joining the prince george's county young democrats and so the young dems helped me spread my wings even further and build relationships across the county 
uh, not just within this, any particular district, but it was all over the county. And so that, along with the military, along with growing up within the community, along with the transferable skill set from being Omega and then being the second vice district representative, which is the third in command of the entire district. I had all of these things going on. And then by 2014, I said, you know what? Instead of always supporting other candidates and doing it, I'm going to go and jump out there and run for myself. Why not? Like, that makes, like, total sense. And, like, what, what really, really makes a lot of sense is, like, all of these things seem like it propelled you to be where you are now. Like, it was stepping stones for you. And, like, I don't know, manifestation, God's divine order, something like that. You know what's funny? It's, it's weird, but... uh a buddy of mine growing up, he used to call me the mayor of Forsville. <laughs> and uh, I used to laugh. I'm like, dude, I'm not the mayor of Forsville. You know, we don't even have a mayor over here. But he's always called me that. And I ended up running into him some years later after I got elected. I said, dog, you realize you literally spoke into right, my life? Right, he spoke into you, yeah, right. And uh, here I am, a Maryland State delegate representing the community that you used to call me the mayor for. I said, I thought that was uh, a very humbling a humbling memory. Man, I got to sip to that. To your friend who spoke that into your existence today. Like, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you know how we got to sip with this, too. I mean, yeah. it ain't going to be the rosy hour if we're not drinking. It's like happy hour, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so from there, you know, uh, got elected. Okay. Got elected. Well, 2014, I ran and lost. Okay. So, so we can't we can't forget about that. Lost in 2014. But a lot of lessons are learned in losses, right? Like, we can't forget about, like, loss is not necessarily a bad thing, mm -hmm. right? Because it develops not only character, but resilience. And it also makes sure that, like, the next time you do something, like, perseverance. Like, okay, this is what I need to set myself up for. Like, if I won the first time, I would not appreciate it or understand Listen. the role of what I'm stepping into. Listen, man, once you learn how to lose, you learn how to win. Exactly. You know, that's a that 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 is a powerful statement. So remember that again. Once you learn how to lose, you learn how to win. And so I took that loss and uh, you know, I had a lot of friends that had uh, supported the county exec at the time, uh Rashern Baker. Uh who's well, huge in this area for those yeah. of you who don't know, he is a huge supporter. Yeah, yeah. He ended up running for uh running for governor. He just stepped out and suspended his race uh for governor and so uh, and I actually just was with him and uh, the chairman of the Legislative Black Caucus. That's why I was running a little behind the day. He had, the chair of the Black Caucus had a uh, fundraiser. So I went to support my good friend, Delegate Daryl Barnes, and the number two in the Senate, Senator Melanie Griffin, she was there. So, you know, our team is a very strong, tight-knit team that all right. works together. Uh, and so, but now here I am. Yeah. You know, going into a uh, re-election. Yeah, and I... I, I want to know more about like you and sort of like these steps after that loss, right? Because I think a lot of people get stuck in their loss. Mm -hmm. What was that moment for you that you were like, nah, I, I'm not going to like just take this defeat? Oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because so, like, I think that because I actually took like I did run an election mm -hmm. and I lost and I was like, well, Jesus. And I haven't mm -hmm. ran since. So like you continued on, and I think there's many people in the world who who continue on, but like I think there's more who are like me, who are like, eh, that ain't that ain't for me, Jesus. I'm yeah, here to support you all. What was that moment for you that you were like, I gotta keep going? Well, well, you know, I look at it, you know, it was so many things, and uh, that I, 
that that transpired and took place in between. You know, I was still uh, a federal contractor working uh, in the DOD space. So, you know, I was still doing that. Uh, and my company, we ended up uh, getting some work in doing this uh, Question 7, okay. uh, bringing uh, MGM. And ah. so, so my, my company, we definitely pushed the countywide phone banking operation and the messaging uh, to make sure all of the voters got behind that. So I was like, well, we got to win with this, with this Question 7. We got a major win here to turn this into uh, something because, you know, one of the things went before MGM came here, you know, a lot of folks didn't want MGM here. Yeah. And uh, turned into, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing space within Prince George's County. It's generating a lot of revenue for our schools, generating a lot of revenue for for uh, for the county as a whole when it comes to our uh, commercial tax base. And so, you know, being able to have a footprint and that, taking a win there, even though I took a loss in the election, and then, uh, you know, a lot of, I have friends on the county council and in different areas. And so the chairman at the time, uh, Derek Leon Davis, a good frat brother of mine and a good mentor, Derek took me under his wing and said, young bro, we're going to square you. But he ended up putting me uh, on this commission, this joint land utilization study for Joint Base Andrews, which was a perfect fit for me because Andrews was in my district. Right. But dealing with the Air Force, dealing with the community, like merging the two things together, laying out the type of uh, zoning issues by building around Andrews Air Force Base, make sure we do things safely and in accordance with uh, the best practices for the county. And so did that, did that. So all of those things kept the momentum going. I never sat and just was stagnant in anything. I constantly kept the movement going. And, and that's where we ended up. You know, there was a lot, of, a lot of other movements and other people running for office. And so some spaces opened up. And I was a vacancy, and I said, well, listen, I'm going to go ahead and throw my name in this again. Yeah. I'm going to throw my name in again. And uh, I had a lot of support, uh, Senator Melanie Griffith, uh, Delegate Daryl Barnes, and uh, at the time, Delegate Derek Davis, who's now the Maryland State Treasurer, the, one of the third uh, highest-ranking people in the state of Maryland. Shout out to Derek, Treasurer Davis. And, uh, you know, our team, they brought me on to the team as the young rookie, you know, I didn't have much money, you know, trying to put money up. Well, you're new money. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have much money to put into the race. They put up a lot of money, and I put up the sweat equity. And so we knocked over 10,000 doors. Wow. You know, we got mailers out. Like, we sent out over about 15 mailers in this election cycle back in 2018. Wow. And I just, we just kept pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding. And uh, next thing you know, the election was over with, and I, and I won very handsomely, too. So... Yeah. Okay, so like you win this election and, and like we're going to come back to like this whole MGM because if y'all know anything about casinos outside of Las Vegas, like MGM is like the new Atlantic City on the East Coast. Beautiful. Beautiful. It is amazing. And like your company, not even you in a legislator position, your company had mm-hmm. something to do with that. Like that's huge as a black man, like kudos to you, I'm going to, you know, cheers you to that, like, you know, mm. like to drink, but, uh, like, that's huge, now, you got to drink when you toast, oh, me. man, but that's huge, alongside with that, like, how do you feel other businesses are faring right now during this time, right, like, you know that we're coming out of COVID, this economic downturn, we're going into a recession, it's like just so crazy. Like as a business owner yourself, mm-hmm. and a legislature, 
uh, you do contracts and being a contractor, it's so much out here potentially in the future coming down the pike with the infrastructure law. Like, what are your thoughts? You know, like, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. I know we, we need to talk about this in the, like the, mm -hmm. the, the pre-questions, but like, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on it because like just, I didn't even know all that of your history. And I would just love to know more more about what you would think as the infrastructure law unfold, what this means for more minority businesses and contracts and procurement. So, so and, and short, I sit on the Procurement Improvement Council. So uh, one of the things that uh, when, when I got elected to the House of Delegates, you know, I made sure I put a footprint in procurement. Uh, made sure everybody knew, uh, shout out University of District of Columbia for the degree and Procurement and public contracting, which I have a back, my bachelor's in from the university. Yeah, shout out to the U. Uh, they prepared me to I be able to I mean, go. I feel like this is Miami <laughs> U, but That's like. That's Miami U right there. So That's what are you guys like? State Farm U? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll figure that out later. Okay. Yeah, but but the, the school prepared me. You know, it had me, you know, some of my teachers were SESs, you wow. know, leading up agencies and, and, and literally teaching us the FAR and all of these opportunities and so you know i've been able to take that trans transferable skill set you know as i said earlier and, and transfer that to me being on a procurement improvement council for the entire state of maryland and that council uh, i'm the house representative on that council senator griffith is the senate representative on the council and we sit with every secretary and the uh for every state agency and their procurement folks so and the goal is to make procurement better and one of the things that we realized in this process is that minority businesses were not getting the true seat at the table. Now, you know, it sounds good to say they got goals and, and we're going to meet goals, but folks were not even touching the, the bottom of the goal. Yes. And, and when we talk about, there's a difference between the two. When we talk about MBEs, minority business enterprises, there's a huge difference uh, between being a black-owned business and a white-owned business a white woman-owned business, a white male-owned business. It's, it's, it's a huge, stark difference. And so what you end up seeing is that uh, this one particular contract, for instance, you know, it, 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 crushed, it crushed my spirits in looking at how the state was actually getting contracts out to folks. And this is when I said, we really got to do something about this. I already yeah. know where, where you're going with this. Yeah. And for those who know and, like, see me outside of work, with my SBA webinars every week, as I had to do one this week. There you go. Okay, yeah. go for it. Okay, because yeah, yeah. I had to do the report, and that. Yeah. So we had, you know, this particular contract. You know, uh, African American businesses. So this is how the contract, the the, the awards were uh, being divvied up in terms of percentage and, and money. It was white males. It was uh, Asian American businesses. In second place. Well, and it also was, they divvy up that too with mm -hmm. it, the AAPI community, right? Yeah. So they so put them in two in, different buckets. Well, the, no, Asian and Indian, they were all in the same. Oh, okay, because the they're starting to, to break them out now. Right. But in this particular instance, in the state of Maryland, they're under, uh, they broke uh, this out. Okay. They're under this particular category. The third place winners were white women owned businesses, fourth place, black men and women combined businesses. And then uh, fifth place was Latino based because they were only getting like one percent of the contracts. And you know, it was it was a shame looking at that between the Latino businesses, the African American based businesses. Like, what are we doing? So one of the things 
uh, there was another contract that was coming out and and we held this contract up uh, because we saw that there was a problem and so one of the things uh, that that I did in uh, working with delegate Daryl Barnes we got the Black Caucus involved we got myself and Senator Griffith from the pick involved and we held this contract up uh, because after a contract gets awarded, it has to still go through the Board of Public right. Works to get approved. And the Board of Public Works is the governor, the comptroller, and the, uh, the treasurer, the state treasurer, Derek Davis, who is one of the state treasurers now. And Peter Francho is also uh, the current comptroller. And so, you know, those are two, uh, two allies that, that help hold this particular uh, award up. And so what we did was try to figure out the best practices to move forward. And I, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing over again, expecting to get better results. So one of the things I did was we, I brought all of these businesses together. I brought over it's about 40 companies, uh, at least at least about $3 billion worth of revenue between all of these companies and what they're doing in the federal space. But nobody was getting any work on the state side. And you got all of these folks who are qualified but couldn't get any work. So the company that, that the government had originally sole sourced this award to, we end up bringing them to the table and saying, listen, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's, here's an opportunity for you guys to work with these minority businesses. Here's an opportunity for the, the state government, for DGS, Department of General Services, to meet their goals finally by actually working together. And, you know, it, it took a lot uh, trying to get all those folks together, but we did not get the, uh, the result that we wanted. You know, DGS ended up saying, Nick, uh, we can't do this right now uh, based off of, you know, the Attorney General's recommendation. You can't do this. We're going to come back in the next session, and we're going to push this thing because minority businesses have to have a seat at the table. You have to. In order for our economy to continue to move forward, in order to address the real systemic issues that are faced and plaguing our community, we got young, young, young kids, babies out here running around with guns. Don't know what you know. They're left from their right. And but if you put an opportunity in front of them, these kids will have something to do. Exactly. You know, we can create jobs. We can create opportunities. And so, uh, you know, that's that's my focus right now, man. Creating these opportunities for the youth and, and, and for our small business community. No, that's amazing to hear. And. More particularly, it sounds like with this infrastructure law, it's going, you know, the money from the feds is going to go down to the states. And, like, it seems like you have a great idea and plan and strategy to help the states kind of, like, really get that money out the door. And more particularly to minority businesses and more particularly not to those who usually get money, right? So, like, how do we really ensure that happens? And it sounds like that platform is something that you guys are going to work on in the next, you know, assembly, right? Oh, yeah. uh, but with that, you know, you got to get reelected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and now it's re-election season. Yeah, re I can talk about this because this is my platform and I do not have special interest money because I don't make no money on this, this podcast yet. Uh, so you can make contributions and all this and you can donate to Nick Charles' campaign and he'll do that plug later. But what is your platform? Like, what are you running on? Like, what... what I know you did a lot before, and you are mm -hmm. continuing to do a lot. So, what what are you like, sort of like doing as this campaign season is going on to sort of like uplift, so that people can know like this is your sort of your legacy that you want to continue on. Right, right. So, had a phenomenal year. Uh, you know, one of the things I left out is 
uh, this past session, I became the chairman for the Prince George's County. I was, I meant to say that too. Yeah, oh yeah, my God, so, yes. And so that's like, a huge congrats. You know, yeah, yeah. You, know you know what I want to do. Oh man. Cheers for the new chairman of PG yeah. County. I, and, and my people will beat me up if I tell you to say Prince George's County. Oh, because uh, I mean, I live in D.C., so I said right. PG, Montgomery, yeah. or Mont, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. so PG Prince, County. Prince George's. Prince, Prince George's. <laughs> Prince, George. Prince George's County, Maryland, because mm -hmm. there is another Prince George's somewhere else in the country. Mm -hmm. So Prince George's County, Maryland, you are the chair. Right. And, and so, so what does that even mean before we go into like your reelection, because right, like right. that's a huge feat, and again, like your age and how old you are, because like you're a black man, you're young, you're elected, you're in the state legislature. Like, like let's not minimize who you are and all the accomplishments you have. So like, let's let's kind of like marinate on that for a second. So 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 the chairman of the House delegation, so in, in Annapolis. In the legislature, we have and, and 40, that list is the capital of Maryland for those yeah. who don't know, because most of you don't know your state capitals. Because <laughs> I had to learn that maybe ten years ago. So we have uh, forty-seven legislative districts in the state of Maryland, one hundred forty-one delegates, and so Prince George's County is the second largest jurisdiction in the state of Maryland. And isn't yeah. it like nationally known that like it is the richest black county the most in affluent, the country, the most affluent African American county in the country? And I had a buddy of mine tell me he said, Nick. If America is the most powerful country in the world, then that would, and Prince George's County is in America and is the most affluent African American county in the country, wouldn't that make Prince George's County one of the most affluent places for African Americans in, in the, the world? world? I said, man, when you put it that way, I need to move. No, okay. Wait, you really no. should. You I really can't, should. I can't man. afford it. <laughs> but that means I can't afford it. So to oh, my boss man. out there, shout out <laughs> to my firm. But, I need more money. Okay. But yeah, but nah, so I I got elected by my colleagues. Uh so Eric Barron, uh, who shout out to Eric, who just became the US attorney for Maryland. Yes. Uh, Eric Eric is the first African American US attorney uh for the state of Maryland. Uh and he was just appointed by Joe Biden. Uh, for the Biden administration and the uh, Department of Justice. And so when Eric uh, got his appointment to be the uh, U.S. Attorney, there was a vacancy in the chairmanship uh, for the House delegation. And so, you know, I, I, I lobbied my colleagues and they all believed in me. They thought, you know, here's this young freshman delegate. How old but, are you, man? Oh, man, there you go. Getting into my age. There you go. But now I'm 39. I'll be 40 no, this year. No, but that's huge because <laughs> what we need, we need to make sure we put that out there. And the reason why I, okay, yes, I'm doing a public service announcement. The average age of an elected official is like 70 years old. So this is huge for you to be this age and not only like being elected, but having the impact that you do. So, and being a person of color, a man that is black and having this impact. So I will always honor and throw out your age. I don't I care because you are not somebody's great, great, great grandfather right now out here. Thank so. you. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate you. But yeah, so, so got up when, when Eric stepped, when he, he went away to be the U.S. attorney, my colleagues, they, they believed him and they voted for me unanimously to be the chairman. And so what the chair does for the house delegation uh, we corral all of the House members. We have 23 members in the uh, Prince. So we have the second largest amount of members in the House for any county. 
Montgomery County has one more than us, but we have 23 members uh, and we have eight districts that we cover out of the 47. And so Maryland, you know, is a big state. Uh, Prince George's County, like I said, a large county uh, and a very powerful county. And so uh, what I end up having to do is corral all our members, make sure we're all on the same page. So any bills that we're getting passed uh, that, that may impact anywhere in the state, make sure Prince George's County gets this slice. And so we were able to do that, you know, this year uh, when I became the chairman, one of the things I said that I was going to make sure it always happens is we get everybody to the table. So before we went into session, we got with the county executive, got with the uh, chair of the county council and the county council members, got with the school board members, you know, start having these conversations around all of the issues and what we need to go back to Annapolis to take and bring it back home for our people. And what we did this year was something that has never been done before. We brought back 2.5 billion with the B dollars for Prince George's County. Wow. 2.5 billion, and that comes with teamwork. It comes with everybody coming together. Uh, you really be all speaking from the same sheet of music uh, and then having the right leaders in the right places to have those conversations. So when we're talking about moving money, you know, now we got a brand new cancer center that's about to be built. Um, we're in the process, we're, we're doing a, a downtown Prince George's. You know, Prince George's used to be a bedroom type community, uh, large county, bedroom type community, but now, you know, we're, we're building a downtown Prince George's. So we brought uh, a substantial amount of money home to do the Blue Line Quarter. Uh, DC had kind of focused on that with the Green Line, as you see all of the stuff that came up and down the Green Line and right. all of the development. And we're mimicking that, you know, don't reinvent the wheel when you got something that you see as work, right? And so the money that we're pushing into the blue line to, to make sure we build up around these communities that have been neglected for years. Right. You know, it, it's, it's an amazing time to be in Prince George's County. It's an amazing time. And, it, and, and it's a great opportunity for a lot of folks and a lot of y'all out there. If you, you know, once you watch this, you'll be thinking you should be trying to move into Prince George's County. I mean, if I had enough money... Uh I definitely would, because uh, it's a flowing honey, and the houses are amazing out there. But but going back to the platform that you're running on, because your campaign is 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 running, it's up and going. Um, I know you have like a few other people that you're running with, a team of twenty five, which mm -hmm. is the district that you're running with. Right. But like more specifically, your platform that you're running on, and then going into the team of twenty five. Mm -hmm. What what is this all about? What is what is your goals for this campaign season, and then the team you're running with? So you know, for for one, you know, it's funny. It, it's how things go back full circle. You know, when I first came back home from the military, and I started noticing the trash, and and once I got elected. You know, I started working with MDOT trying to get this addressed. MDOT is Maryland yeah. Department, Department of Transportation. Transportation. Yes, yes, MDOT is Transportation. And so when we share the same district office as Montgomery County, which Montgomery County is one of the most affluent counties in the country, you know, and Prince George is the most affluent African-American, so go figure, the two largest jurisdictions in Maryland are two of the most affluent jurisdictions across the country. And so... You're right next door right next door to each other. But Montgomery County, you know, we share the same district uh, office, District 3, and when you look at the work and the trash collection, the grass being cut, what happens in Montgomery County, uh, you see a lot more work being done than what you would see in Prince George's County. And so for me, you know, I tried to attack this problem for three years, 
and they didn't want to do anything about it. So what I did is I put a bill in that was going to force them to put a schedule out so we can address this and then we can start holding folks accountable to seeing what the problem is. My bill never made it out of committee. And that's one of the things that happens in the legislature and, and anybody, if you're in uh, on a council, county side or state or, or uh, city, municipalities, you know, sometimes your bills don't make it out. Your bill doesn't pass. Uh, we're attacking this again next year. Okay. Because we have to have ways to hold agencies accountable that are not doing uh, equitable work across all jurisdictional lines. And so that's one of the major things that I want to focus on this next session is holding this agency accountable. And there's also going to be a little transition because there's a new governor coming in. There's an election coming up. Uh, the current governor, Larry Hogan, is term limited. And so he can't run for re-election. And so now you got this, this major election coming up for governor. And uh, I was just with Peter Francho, uh, who was at Daryl Barnes' uh, uh, election. And he has uh, a good friend of mine who she will be the first African-American woman elected to be the lieutenant governor in the state of Maryland if we get behind Peter to make sure Peter and Monique Anderson Walker wins. And Monique's Monique! Howard, oh, I love the name. Oh, come on. Yeah. Monique, I love the name. Yeah, Monique Anderson Walker. Her husband, Jay Walker, is a, a good friend of mine. Jay, former quarterback for Howard University, took Howard to an undefeated uh, championship end up going professional planning as a black woman we don't need to talk about her husband her <laughs> accolades speak enough for himself no but he's in the house of delegates with me i get it yeah, yeah. her her accolades speak well enough yeah. for herself yeah monique's she is running so monique monique is uh is big in the uh real estate world and then she ended up running for uh county council and we all slated up together and she became the county council member for District 8 in Prince George's County. Okay. okay. And then uh, Peter came and swooped her up because he saw the talent that she has, swooped her up. And then uh, now Monique uh, could potentially be, if everybody gets out to vote appropriately and, and make sure we get Peter and Monique into the uh, election, you know, into the uh, governor's mansion, have something, uh, a, a historical moment in the state of Maryland. Well, you know, the state, where I'm from originally, the state of Ill, Illinois, we have our first black woman, Lucida Governor, uh, Juliana Stratton, and so we love her, and we would love to see more black women, not only as lieutenant governors, but hopefully like Stacey Abrams uh, in Georgia will be the first right, right. black woman governor. So this is a great historic moment because, you know, Maryland does lead. You know, you guys have put out a lot of amazing women, who you put out a lot of amazing legislation and policies. I mean, you know, you guys do a lot of things. You guys lead. So this is a very historic moment. Fingers crossed. And I love the name Monique. I mean, come on. You know, we had a Keisha. We could have a Monique. We had a Kamala. Juliana. Let's get a Stacy. Let's get a Monique going. I love this. Come on. It's an amazing time uh, to be in Maryland. It's an amazing time to be in Prince George's. And then, like I said, you know, with all of this going on, you mentioned my, my team, District 25. Uh, we call ourselves two five because you know it, it's, it's you know around Annapolis in the halls you know it's a lot of lot of people they joke and they say two five two five because we literally move as a unit. That's we good. We move as a unit and, and it's an entire leadership team. So Melanie is the number two in the Senate. So Melanie is the Senate President Pro Tem. Uh, she works right. Uh, she's second in command second in leadership for the Maryland State Senate. Then you have Daryl Barnes, who's a three-time chair of the Maryland Legislative Black Caucus. Wow. And we are the largest black caucus in the country out of any state legislature. 
And so Daryl has been a chair for the last three years. Wait, I, I'm i not floored, but and I'm not like amazed, but like that's amazing. Cause you would think, I think most people would think like Georgia, they would think maybe like Alabama, Mississippi, even New Orleans, but like yeah. to hear Maryland. Maryland, we're the largest black caucus in the country. And then you got myself, uh, the chairman of the Prince George's County House delegation. And then you have now the, the, the state treasurer, Derek Davis, who just went on to become treasurer. And now we have, who replaced him, uh, Delegate Karen Tolles, who is a former two-term uh, county council person uh, in District 7. So she's been in the council for eight years. Now she's with us in the house. You know, our team, you know, when we move, we move as a unit. And so, and then we speak for all Prince George. You know, we fight for all of Prince George's County. You know, with Daryl fighting for all the black folks, for me fighting for all of Prince George's, Melanie fighting for every. Our team is everything cross pollinates and works together the way it's supposed to, and it keeps us moving and it keeps us motivated to keep doing the things that we're doing. Wow. And, and because of that, Daryl, myself, and Karen, we're all running unopposed. Nobody's even running against me in this election. And so, uh, say that too bad. Uh, no, listen, <laughs> the time has already passed at this point, but but listen, you listen, know, you don't want to ride in though, because I see it. I'm from <laughs> Chicago, yeah. stranger things have occurred. Yeah, listen, listen, you know, I'm happy with the I'm happy with the work that we've been doing, all of the stuff that we've done, all of the bills that we were able to get passed. You know, like you said, Maryland leads the state in terms of everything from a police accountability, from uh, women's productive rights making sure we protect women from uh, making sure that minority businesses truly have a seat at the table from banning ghost guns to making sure that uh, we protect our folks and, and making these gun uh, sellers uh, put the proper protections of their business uh, cameras and safes to not have these guns just sitting out so if somebody breaks in they can just take it yeah. uh, from you know, from uh, protecting folks going through uh, furloughs with the government. Yeah. Uh, when the government shut down, making sure we, we took care of people, uh, made sure government employees had accessibility to, to resources. Uh, it's just so many things that we did over these last uh, couple of years that, and now we're about to deal with the legalization of marijuana. We're trying to make sure that African Americans or, or people who, who have been targeted uh, with some of the most unfair uses of the war on drugs, uh, making sure that now that this is a multi-billion dollar industry, folks are not put in a position where they can't go get jobs. Right. And after serving... No uh, check the box situation. Yeah, so yeah. we banned the box in Maryland. Shout yeah. out to Nick Mosby, the uh, city council president for Baltimore City. Uh, good buddy, good friend of mine, good Omega man. And so Nick... Oh, when, he was, when Nick was in the house... You know, he put in the ban the box bill. He worked that thing some serious and got that bill passed. So, man, there's so many things that we've already done, and we're going to continue to build upon these things, right, and making sure that, you know, nobody gets left behind. You know, here we are going into this next uh, cycle, making sure that Prince George's County is, is not forgotten and, and, and taken care of, making sure that we really finalize and get the resources for downtown Prince George's County making sure that we get enough funding through the Kerwin Commission where we pass record-breaking funding for the school system and across the state, but more importantly, making sure Baltimore City and Prince George's County, two of the largest African-American jurisdictions in the state, 
gets his fair share. One of the things we're faced with between our books, Baltimore City and Prince George's, is that our property taxes are higher oh, yes. because we don't have a strong commercial tax base. We don't have a strong commercial tax base. We got to levy a lot of stuff off of the backs of homeowners. So we had to go to the state because of the county and the city can't afford to make sure we have world-class educational systems uh, off of the backs of just homeowners if we don't have businesses wanting to come into our community. Uh, so we got to build our own businesses, making sure we put money and resources towards our own business. If you don't want to come to our community, we'll build it ourselves. That's right. You know, and that's the, that's the focus that, that I have, and that's, that's what I plan to do going back into Annapolis, uh, pushing the needle forward even further, and keep doing what we're supposed to do for Prince George's County and for the state of Maryland. I appreciate that. And one other thing I want to say is like, is there anything that you want to put out there, let people know anything you're working on, upcoming things you have, anybody you want to say shout outs to or anything like that before yeah. we go? Oh, and also how to donate to your campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, my, my uh, team, you can't get anything done. Uh, you can't get anything done by yourself. And I see on this, we got uh, James Thompson right here, man. Shout out to my boy James, man. James is the president of 100 Black Men for Greater Washington. They just actually won chapter of the year. But James, uh, one of my best friends, man, he was with me in the trenches as we were knocking on doors, getting things done. And then uh, James ended up coming on board and being my chief of staff. And so, you know, you can't get any work in Annapolis done by yourself. That's it right. takes a team. And so after James went off and he, he went and stepped away to go do 100 Black Men and focus completely on that, and he's been crushing the game on 100 black men. Now I have a new chief of staff, uh, Becca Rhodes. I like to give her a shout out and I give a big shout out to uh, Mike Johnson. I see Mike is on here also. Mike does a lot of my constituent services work and Mike is making sure that the community stays abreast and gets what they need. Anthony Tillman, another one of my constituent services uh, workers. And we got, uh, as delegation chair, I have a delegation staff as well. And so shout out to, uh, to Tasha Coleman and all of the work she's been doing uh, directly for the delegation, uh, trying to round up all 23 of us. And so, you know, like I said, it takes a team. It takes a team to get anything done, but also in order to win an election, it takes money, right? And, uh, and money goes towards helping a lot of other candidates as well. And so if you do want to uh, support the campaign, you want to support the team, you want to support the movement, you can go to my website, Nick Charles 25, Nick Charles 25, and then just click on the, uh, and it's .com, nickcharles25.com, nickcharles25.com, N-I-C-K-C-H-A-R-L-E-S-2-5.com. And then uh, you can go in there and it'll tell you where you can donate and, and you can uh, give to the cause and, and we'll greatly appreciate that because, you know, in order to make things happen, to support, you know, other good candidates, uh, it takes your support. It takes the support of, of everybody across the board. So thank you all. Wow. Ahead of time. I'm just excited about this. And also, like, how can people follow you on social media, find out where you are, events, and stuff like that that you're doing? Because <laughs> um, I think also people want to engage and find out, like, what's going on with your platform, what's mm -hmm. happening here this weekend, are you doing fundraisers? Mm -hmm. Like, are there other opportunities, like, on social media that people can follow you too? Yeah, so you can follow me on, uh, on IG, Nick Charles 2 so Nick Charles, number two, N-I-C-K-C-H-A-R-L-E-S, two. And uh, so you can follow me there. You can Same thing on Twitter, 
Nick Charles too, but it's I I, and then uh, on Facebook the same thing, Nick Charles too. Uh, I'm, I'm accessible. Uh, one of the things I, I pride myself on is is uh, you can reach me. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly within my inbox talking to different constituents and different people about issues across the board. So I'm always available. So if you want to speak, uh, go ahead and DM me, and uh, we'll, we can have a conversation. Yo, this has been so exciting, amazing. I learned so much more about you. Like, I knew a lot, but I didn't know this much. So thank you so much for joining us today, sipping some rosé and all that. Again, shout out to Jans. Uh, and this is a Tasmania, which is an Af South African. So we are supporting our people, right? Uh, rosé, and it's a sparkling. Shout out to Nick Charles the second, not the first and third. We love them both. But to the second for joining us here today. And follow him at Nick Charles, the number two, here on Instagram and all the social media platforms. Right. And we will see you next week, people. All Cheers. Right. All right. Bye. It's great.